Chapters 6 to 10 of North Lancashire, Cambridge County Geographies by J. E. Marr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 6 Surface and General Features. North Lancashire may be divided according to its physical structure into four important divisions, two of which are upland, one lowland, and one a mixture of the two. 1. The highest ground occurs in the Coniston Old Man Group, which is a part of an upland tract of high furnace, composed of Ordovician and Silurian rocks. This tract also occupies parts of Cartmel. 2. South of this is an admixture of upland and lowland, forming the ground around Morecambe Bay, and to near Lancaster, and extending eastward on the north of the Wenning to the county boundary on Gragreth. This consists partly of low ground formed by the alluvium of the bay and its estuaries, and of the lower parts of the river courses, and out of it project hills of carboniferous limestone, the chief of which are those between Dalton and Ulverston. The fells east of Cartmel, the ground south of Silverdale, Wharton Crag, and a triangular patch of country between Burton and Holme, Whittington and Hest Bank. On the far side of the loon, forming part of Gragreth, is a strip of high ground which belongs to the Pennines, and is the only part of that hill group situated in North Lancashire. 3. South of the Wenning, lying between the county boundary and a line drawn from Lancaster to Preston, is high ground forming part of a nearly circular tract of fell, of which the eastern side lies in Yorkshire. Most of the Lancashire portion is composed of millstone grit, though the Carboniferous Limestone appears in the south, north of Longridge. 4. Lastly, we have the flat tract between the line from Lancaster to Preston and the sea, all of which, save some little patches near Kirkham, is below 100 feet, and most of it very much lower. We will now briefly consider the general characters of these four divisions, taking them in the order stated above. 1. The first district is bounded on the west by the River Duddon, on the north by the Brathe, and on the east by the western shores of the upper part of Windermere, and further south by the River Winster. These all form parts of the county boundary, and beyond that boundary this fell region is continued into the lake districts of Cumberland and Westmoreland. That part of it which is in Lancashire is sometimes spoken of as Lakes Lancashire, it being actually part of the lake district. The southern boundary of this fell region is a geological line separating the Ordovician and Silurian rocks which compose it from those of the Carboniferous limestone which occurs further south. The line is irregular, running in a general east and west direction from Lindale on the Kent estuary through Cartmel and Ulverston to the Duddon estuary north of Dalton in Furness. We may subdivide this region into four minor fell groups separated one from another by valleys and passes. These are a. the Coniston Old Man Group, b. the fells which extend from Torver to Ulverston between the Duddon and Crake rivers, c. those fells lying between Coniston and Windermere lakes on the north, and between the Crake and Leven rivers on the south, and d. the fells separating the Leven and the south end of Windermere from the Winster. a. The Coniston Old Man Group is the most interesting, presenting us as it does with typical Lakeland scenery, and containing the most elevated tract in Lancashire. It is everywhere bounded by fairly low ground, 
having the Duddon Valley on the west, a tributary of the same, Rhinos Pass, and Brathy on the north, and Oxfordfell Pass, Ewdale, the head of Coniston Lake, and a depression along which run the road and railway from Coniston Village to Broughton on the southeast. The greater part of the ground is composed of the volcanic series of Ordovician rocks, which cause the fine scenery. Coniston Old Man, the highest fell, rises to a height of 2,633 feet above sea level, but adjacent summits are a little lower. The chief are Greyfriars, 2,535 feet, Cars, 2,575 feet, Weatherlam, 2,502 feet, and Doe Crags, 2,555 feet. South of the latter is the high-level pass of Walney Scar, just under 2,000 feet, between Coniston Village and Seathwaite in the Durham Valley. A great part of this fell region is bare and craggy. There is little wood or coppice, but considerable stretches of peat in places. The other three subdivisions, though distinctly fell tracts, are much lower than the preceding, each of them rising to a height of just over 1,000 feet, and much of their surface is occupied by wood and coppice. They are composed almost entirely of Silurian rocks. B. That which lies between the Duddon and the Craig is divided by a north and south depression between Lowick Bridge and Ulverston, and a pass with a road runs westward from this depression to Broughton. C. That between Coniston and the Craig to Windermere and the Leven consists on the west of an inverted Y-shaped group of fells, with the Grisdale Valley extending southward into Rusland Pool between the two arms of the inverted Y. Northeast of this is a depression separating the inverted Y-shaped mass from Clave Heights on the west side of Windermere. In this depression lies Esthwaite Water. D. The fourth tract is again divided by a north and south depression, the Cartmel Valley between the foot of Windermere and Cartmel. Its highest point is Gummer's Howe on Cartmel Fell, which, though only 1,054 feet high, is the highest ground which rises immediately above Windermere. 2. Let us now turn to the area which we have defined as an admixture of upland and lowland. As previously stated, the portion around Morecambe Bay is largely composed of carboniferous limestone, though there is some new red sandstone. Much of the ground composed of the former rock rises into hills, but that made of sandstone is on the whole less elevated. These higher areas are intersected by the estuarine flats and contain some mosses, which are partly of estuarine and partly of lacustrine origin. Beginning in the west we meet with the Furness Peninsula on which Barrow is situated. This is formed of limestone between Ireleth, Ulverston and Gleaston, and is there fairly hilly. South of this is a mass of red sandstone, forming undulating ground, except near parts of the coast where it is much flatter, and often covered by glacial deposits, alluvium and blown sand, as on Walney Island. East of this peninsula are the Ulverston sands of the Leven estuary, bordered on the east side by mosses through which projects higher ground, made of limestone, which once formed islands. The large triangular mass of limestone between Cartmel and Grange rises to a height of 727 feet on Hampsfell. East of this lie the sands of the Kent estuary, 
which, with the little piece of land about Arnside belonging to Westmoreland, sever Lancashire into two detached portions. A mass of limestone lies between Silverdale, Carnforth, and the neighbourhood of Burton and Holme, which last place is in Westmoreland, just north of the county boundary. The land here rises to heights of over 500 feet on Wharton Crag and in the neighbourhood of the Kellett villages, and is still higher east of Burton. Various mosses lie in this tract, some on the sites of former lakes, as Burton Moss and that around Horswater, others as Storrs Moss and that near Carnforth, marking former estuaries. In the low ground between Carnforth and Burton, and also east of this up the Keir Valley, are remarkable ridges formed of glacial gravels. Still further east is the ground bordering the Loon and Wenning, between Burton on the north and Lancaster and Wennington on the south. This is chiefly formed of millstone grit, and rises there to no great height. As before stated, however, we include here the triangular area of ground belonging to Lancashire, which extends on to Gragreth. It ought, strictly speaking, to be put in a separate division, forming, as we said, part of the Pennine Hills, but on account of the very small part which comes into the county, it is convenient to include it in the division containing the land, which consists of a mixture of upland and lowland. 3. The third great tract is the high ground south of the Wenning, and separated from the lowlands of the Lancashire Plain, by the line drawn from Lancaster to Preston. It is markedly contrasted with the high ground of the Coniston group, being largely composed of rounded hills, often with comparatively flat tops, covered in many places with peat, though here and there the scarps of Milston grit form cliffs on the sides and summits, as is well seen on Cluffer. Much of this ground is over 1,000 feet high, and at Ward Stone it rises to 1,836 feet. It is diversified by considerable valleys, of which those of Roeburn and Hindburn on the north, Littledale on the northwest, Wyersdale on the west, Bleasdale on the southwest, and the western side of the Hodder Valley on the south, are in Lancashire. Belonging to this area is the somewhat isolated mass of Longridge Fell, near Longridge, which rises to a height of 1,149 feet, and is separated from the main mass of fells by the comparatively low ground in which chipping lies. 4. The last great tract, lying between the line from Lancashire to Preston and the sea, is the least diversified. It forms the northern part of the great Lancashire plain. Save for a little millstone grit about Haysham, it is entirely formed of new red sandstone rocks, which, however, rarely show at the surface, for the country is usually thickly covered with glacial accumulations. These often form rounded ridges, which to some extent break the monotony of the scenery. Other parts are mosses, as pilling moss. Along the sides of the estuaries are tracts of salt marsh, while tracts of blown sand occur about Fleetwood and Lytham. The comparatively high ground between Broughton, Kirkham and Wheaton is the watershed between the Wyre and the Ribble. The watersheds between the Loon and the Conder, the Cocker and the Wyre, on this low tract, are badly defined, and these rivers wander hither and thither, seeking an escape to the sea. Chapter 7 Along the Coast The coastline may be regarded as beginning near Foxfield Junction, 
Broughton in Furness, where the Furness Railway crosses the estuary of the Duddon. From here to the mouth of the Ribble, the distance measured in a straight line is 38 miles, but the actual length of coast, measured around Morecambe Bay, and omitting the portions of the estuaries of the Leven, Kent and Loon, and the minor indentations, is over 70 miles. We will follow the coastline from near Broughton in Furness to the mouth of the Ribble, noting the principal features on the way. From Foxfield Junction, for about five miles, the coast runs on the east side of the Duddon estuary, nearly south to Ascombe, along low ground, backed by hills of slaty rocks, from a mile to a mile and a half inland. The low ground is largely moss, the principal tract being Angerton Moss. Some way north of Ascombe, the former island of Dunnerholme, a rocky mass of mountain limestone, rises out of the alluvium and projects into the estuary. A little south of Ascombe, a promontory of blown sand, sandscale haws, projects into the estuary, and at its southern end is the channel which, turning south, separates the island called Walney from the mainland. This island is about ten miles long, and is largely covered with blown sand and alluvium, once almost entirely warren, but now becoming built over by the extension across the narrow Walney channel of Barrow in Furness. Four smaller islands occur on the east side of the south end of Walney, namely Sheep Island and Peel Island on the west side of the channel, and Folney and Roa Islands on its east side. Barrow itself with its docks has a frontage of upwards of two miles on the east side of the channel. Hilpsford Point at the south end of Walney forms the northern entrance to Morecambe Bay, and the description of the coast from here to Rossall Point is an account of the borders of that bay. From Rampside at the entrance of the Walney Channel, the coast turns into the north-west and forms low ground to Newbiggin. The whole coast between Sandscale Halls and this village is composed of Triassic rocks and is bordered by fairly low-lying ground. From here to Cark on the other side of the estuary, the Carboniferous limestone forms the coast, except where overlain by the alluvial flats of the Leven estuary between Conishead Priory and Cark. Several rocky eminences, formerly islands, rise out of this alluvium on either side of the channel of the Leven, which is crossed between Ulverston and Cark by a viaduct of the Furness Railway. South of Cark, a mass of Triassic ground flanked on the east by a marsh extends into the bay, and east of the marsh is the elevated promontory of Humphrey Head, formed of Carboniferous limestone, which borders the coast from this point to Wharton Crag, except where the waters of the Kent flow through between Grange and Arnside. The coast is fairly high at Grange, a sheltered watering place facing east, with the rocky home island lying off it, situated close to the county boundary, which here comes south down the Winster River. The viaduct of the Furness Line over the Kent estuary is in Westmoreland, for the county boundary strikes across the sands, and accordingly the first strip of coast met with on the east side of the estuary is in Westmoreland. We soon re-enter Lancashire, traverse about two miles of rocky coast with abrupt cliffs, cross an alluvial tract, and find ourselves under Wharton Crag, where a low promontory, Ings Point, is made of millstone grit, let down against the carboniferous limestone of the crag by a gigantic fault. 
at Carnforth with the high chimneys of its ironworks, the river Keir enters the bay, and the coast, which from Grange has had a southeasterly trend, here turns southwest. The ground now becomes low, entering the great lowlands of West Lancashire, though two imposing cliffs of red boulder clay are met with between Carnforth and Boltonley Sands. Hest Bank is a little watering place, beyond which the coast enters an alluvial tract on which stands the large watering place of Morecambe, three miles beyond which is Haysham, which has recently become important as the port of the steamers of the Midland Railway Company, which run from here to Ireland. South of Haysham, the new red sandstone rocks set in and occupy the rest of the coastline, though generally covered by glacial deposits or alluvium. The coast once more runs southeast, for a semicircular minor bay extends from here to Fluke Hall near Pilling. Into its northern sweep enters the Loon through its estuary, with Sunderland Point on the northwest and Cockersand Abbey on the opposite shore, while Glassendock is about two miles and Lancaster about seven miles from the mouth of the estuary. The river Cocker enters this bay at Cockerham. At Fluke Hall, sand hills are met with and extend to Rossall Point being cut through by the estuary of the wire with knot end and the port and watering place of fleetwood at its mouth the former on the right and the latter on the left bank rossall point forms the southern termination of morecambe bay south of fleetwood the coast is nearly straight for twelve miles it is formed of alluvial deposits for four miles and then by somewhat higher ground with cliffs of boulder clay for a similar distance to the watering place of blackpool which extends for about three miles along the sea front the watering place of st anne's on sea is situated at the mouth of the estuary and that of lytham about three miles to the east from the former place the coast begins to curve into the estuary of the ribble and is bordered by blown sands to lytham from lytham the estuary extends eastwards towards Preston, which is about ten miles from Lytham. A few words must be added about Morecambe Bay. At high tide, the water fills the bay and runs up the estuaries, the phenomenon known as the tidal bore being a feature in the estuarine tracts. At low water, however, not only are the floors of the estuaries exposed, the rivers being confined to narrow, often shifting channels, but large areas of the bay itself are bared, showing the Lancaster sands. These, as the name implies, are largely sand, but much mud is also brought down by the rivers, and here and there along the shores are patches of large blocks of stone called skiers. Four principal channels occur, those of the Leven, Kent, Keir and Loon, the first three being directed towards the south, and the last towards the west, but other depressions are found marking the sites of abandoned channels. From Hest Bank to Kent's Bank is the old passage of the sands which cross the channels of the Keir and Kent. The traverse of this passage was accompanied by frequent loss of life. The entrance to Morecambe Bay is marked by two lighthouses, one at Hawes Point at the south of Walney, the other off Fleetwood, and a lightship is moored in the centre of the bay four miles west southwest of Haysham. A lighthouse north of Cockersand Abbey marks the entrance to the Loon Estuary. Another lighthouse at St Anne's-on-Sea 
marks the north of the entrance to the Ribble. The lighthouses all round our coasts are built and supported by a branch of the civil service known as Trinity House. The elder brethren of Trinity House obtain the funds for the purpose by levying light dues on the ships which enter and leave British ports. Minor lighthouses mark the harbours. The coastline has undergone various changes in historic times. Parts of the coast are worn away by erosion, while in other places addition is made by deposition of shingle and sand. A great part of the coast of Morecambe Bay, especially of its northwestern extent, has suffered loss by erosion, and some villages have been thus destroyed. South of Morecambe Bay, erosion has occurred from Rossall to a point south of Blackpool. From thence towards Lytham, actual addition of land has resulted from deposits. It may here be noted that some of the old salt marshes along parts of the coast, especially in the estuarine tracts, have been recently reclaimed by artificial means and converted into rich agricultural ground. Chapter 8 Watersheds and Passes The main watersheds separate the principal rivers of the area. These we may notice in order, proceeding from north-west to south-east. The north end of the Coniston group of fells forms the watershed between the Duddon and the Brathay, while its southern portion separates the drainage of the former river from that of the Crake. The ridge of the line of fells between Torver and Dalton also separates the Duddon drainage from that of the Crake, but in its northern part only, while at the south end the drainage from this ridge goes into the estuaries of the Duddon and Leven respectively. The fells about Cartmel form a watershed between the Leven drainage and that of the Winster. The high ground about Kellet sends its drainage into the Keir on the north and to the Loon on the south-east. The northern side of the great mass of upland east of the line from Lancaster to Preston drains into the Loon, while its west and south-west sides drain into the Wire. Lastly, the isolated Long Ridge Fell forms a watershed between the Wire and the Ribble, and this shedding line is continued on comparatively low ground to the west past Kirkham. The passes actually situated within the county are of minor importance as affecting the original immigration of the various peoples who came into the district, for they arrived chiefly along the low ground from the south, or else entered from the sea. There is no high ground in the district which absolutely divides two tracts of low ground desirable for settlements. On the Lakeland portion of the district, some of the passes are important to tourists, as for instance, the Oxenfell and High Cross passes on the roads between the heads of Windermere and Coniston Lakes, that of Rhinos between the Brathy and the Duddon Valley, now mainly a tourist route, was, as we shall ultimately see, of importance at one time as permitting the passage of a Roman road. On its summit stands the Three Shire Stone, marking the boundary between Lancashire, Westmoreland and Cumberland. Other passes serve for the purpose of allowing pack roads to traverse the ridges at levels lower than those of the hilltops. Along these, produce was carried from valley to valley by horses, when the valley bottoms were barely passable, owing to dense growth of coppice. An example is the Walniscar Pass between Coniston Village and the Duddon Valley. These tracks are abundant in the Lakeland part of Lancashire, 
but their use has been largely superseded by that of better roads along the lower levels. Many of these roads are carried over minor passes, which the reader may study on the map at the beginning of the book. On the high land east of the line between Lancaster and Preston, three passes connect the lowlands on the north and west with those on the south and east, all being situate on the county boundary between Lancashire and Yorkshire. The principal, which is also the most southerly, is the Trough of Bowland, through which passes the road between Lancaster and Clitheroe. Another, about four miles northeast of this, allows of communication between Hornby and the Hodder Valley, and a third, three miles to the northeast, has a road which goes between Bentham in Yorkshire and the same valley. Between the last two passes, the old Roman road went from Ribchester to Overborough, near Kirkby Lonsdale, but it seems to have been carried boldly over the ridge summit. Lastly, some of the river valleys lead to passes, which although outside the county are of importance as permitting communication between dwellers in the county and those outside. The low grounds along the Loon above Lancaster, and those between Wharton Crag and Burton, lead up towards the Shat Pass in Westmoreland, giving communication with the lowlands of northern Westmoreland and Cumberland, and so with Scotland. The Loon Valley above Lancaster and the Wenning Valley allow of communication with the Ribble Valley by a low pass near Giggleswick, and as the Ribble Valley is near Hellifield, separated from the air by another low pass, there is ready access between the country around Lancaster and Preston and the populous part of the West Riding of Yorkshire. These routes have been of great importance from very early times, as will be seen when the Roman roads are described. Chapter 9. Rivers The rivers of North Lancashire flow into Morecambe Bay, with the exception of the Boundary River, the Duddon, on the northwest, and the Ribble, which we have taken as our division between North and South Lancashire on the south. We may consider them in order, beginning with the Duddon. The River Duddon rises at Three Shirestone, where Cumberland, Westmoreland and Lancashire join, and it forms the boundary between Lancashire and Cumberland from source to sea, a distance of about 15 miles. It is essentially a Lakeland river, flowing through the Ordovician volcanic rocks from its source to the estuary. The waters are swift and clear, and the hills rise to considerable elevation on either side of the river banks. The estuarine portion has been noticed in the chapter treating of the sea coast. The Crake, flowing from Coniston Lake, joins the Leven at Greenodd, about six miles below the point where it quits the lake. Proceeding eastward, the next river of importance is the Leven, which flows in from the foot of Windermere to its estuary. Above Windermere, two important feeders belong to the drainage of the Leven Basin. One, the Rothy, is in Westmoreland. The other, the Brathe, rises at Three Shirestone in the direction opposite to that taken by the infant Duddon, and forms the county boundary between Lancashire and Westmoreland, from its source to its termination in Windermere. The Leven itself below Windermere flows through a narrow valley for about four miles to the village of Haverthwaite. There it enters the alluvial flat at the head of the partially silted up estuary, and about Greenodd, a little lower down, the estuary proper begins. The scenery of the estuarine part of the Leven is very fine. Proceeding again eastward, we reach the estuary of the Kent. This river is in Westmoreland, 
but a portion of the estuary near Grangeover Sands is in Lancashire, and the Winster, which enters the estuary just above Grange, forms the county boundary between Westmoreland and Lancashire along the greater part of its course. The Keer rises south of Hutton Roof, and for a short distance forms the county boundary. After a course of a few miles, it enters Morecambe Bay at Carnforth. Though the river is small, it flows through a large valley, and there is reason to believe that in times before the glacial period, the Loon itself found its way to the sea along the lower part of this valley. The Loon rises far away north of the county boundary on the northern slopes of Howgill Fells in Westmoreland. About thirty miles from its source, it enters Lancashire territory, just south of Kirkby Lonsdale. From that point to the sea, at the mouth of the estuary, is a distance of a little over twenty miles. The views in the Loon Valley between Kirkby Lonsdale and Lancaster are very beautiful. In many places the great mass of Ingleborough is seen in the background when looking up the valley. Near Tunstall, the Greta, flowing from the east, joins the Loon, and below Hornby, the more important Wenning, which rises near Clapham in Yorkshire. The Wenning itself receives the united waters of two streams, the Hindburn and the Roeburn, which rise on the millstone grit fells east of Lancaster, and flow northward to unite at Ray. From Tunstall to Caton, the river flows through a wide valley with alluvial floor, but below Caton the valley narrows to a point just above Lancaster, and on leaving the alluvial flat flows in a loop, the celebrated Crook of Loon. At Lancaster the river becomes tidal, and no great distance below that town the estuary begins. The Conda rises near Caton. Like the Keir, its source is close to the Loon, and the watershed between is low. The stream flows a little west of south to Ellel, and then turns northwest to enter the estuary of the Loon at Glasson Dock. The Wyre has its source towards the centre of the high mass of Milston Grit fells near the Trough of Bowland. It flows westward in an upland valley to Dolphinholme, where it enters low ground, and turns first south to Garstang and Catterall, then south-west to St Michael's, west to near Poulton, and lastly north-west to Fleetwood, where it enters Morecambe Bay. Leaving out of account minor windings, the total length of its course is about 25 miles. The Ribble rises in Yorkshire at Ribblehead, 10 miles north of Settle. About 24 miles from its source, it reaches Lancashire, and forms the boundary between Lancashire and Yorkshire to the River Hodder, where it flows entirely in Lancashire, and at this point begins to form the boundary of that portion of Lancashire with which we are concerned. The Hodder rises in the circular mass of Milston Grit Fells in Yorkshire, and touches Lancashire above Whitewell, forming the county boundary from there to its junction with the Ribble. The Ribble flows through fairly high country from its source to the neighbourhood of Preston, though the valley itself is in most places wide. Above Preston it enters low ground, soon becomes tidal, and at no great distance below Preston the estuary proper begins. The estuarine portion is about 12 miles in length, and the whole length of the river from source to sea, omitting windings, is over 50 miles. Chapter 10. Lakes. It was remarked in Chapter 3 that the only large lakes situated in Lancashire are Coniston and Esthwaite, 
but as a great part of the shores of Windermere are Lancashire soil, we must say something about this lake. Windermere has a length of ten and a half miles, and covers an area of five and seven-tenths square miles. Its maximum breadth is just under a mile opposite Milliground Bay, and the average breadth just over half a mile. It is 130 feet above sea level, and drains an area of nearly 90 square miles, most of which is in Westmoreland. The greatest depth is at 219 feet, at a distance of a mile and a half from the lake head. The lake runs nearly north and south, but the upper part bends slightly westward, towards the head. The shores are not greatly indented, Pullwyke, near the head on the western side, being the most marked bay. Many islets or homes occur, but all are in Westmoreland. Esthwaite Water is a smaller lake between Windermere and Coniston, near the little town of Hawkshead. It is about one and a half miles in length, and less than half a mile wide, with a depth of about eighty feet. It lies nearly north and south, and from it flows a small beck, Cunsey Beck, into Windermere. Coniston Lake is almost parallel with the lower part of Windermere, and lies nearly north and south. Its length is nearly five and a half miles, and it has an area of a little under two square miles. Its greatest width is just under half a mile. It is 143 feet above sea level, and drains an area of 23 square miles. The greatest depth is 184 feet near the centre of the lake. The sides approach straightness, and there is only one important bay, north of Coniston Hall. Two small islets occur on the east side, close to the shore. Fir Island, about halfway down, is a low flat pile of stones, nearly touching the shore, while Peel Island, towards the foot, is formed of well-glaciated rock, rising out of deep water. The head of the lake is being filled up by the alluvium brought down by a small stream, and about a mile south of the head, a large delta has been built by Church Beck on the west side of the lake, and still lower on the same side is the delta of Torver Beck. North Lancashire possesses several tarns. The term tarn is generally applied to a small lake, usually less than half a mile in length. Many tarns lie in hollow combes on the hillsides of the old man group, far above the floors of the main valleys, and in many cases the streams which come from them flowing cascades down the sides of the larger valleys. Other tarns are situated in the lowlands. In upland and lowland alike, there were formerly many more which have now become filled up, and their sites converted into peat bogs. The tarns are all situated in the northern part of the district, except the little Martin Mere east of Blackpool. Five occur in combes on Coniston Old Man and the adjacent fells, namely Leaver's Water, Low Water, Goat's Water and Blind Tarn on the western side, and Seathwaite Tarn on the east. The last named, which was the largest, has now been converted into a reservoir for Barrowing Furnace. Low Water, notwithstanding its name, is at a great altitude, being 1,786 feet above sea level, while the little Blind Tarn, below Doe Crags, which has no stream issuing from it, is 1,842 feet above the sea. A small pool, Bhutan, on the road from Coniston to Walney Scar, has an exit at each end. Two little upland tarns north of Coniston Waterhead 
have been raised to form one artificial lake, Tarn House, celebrated for the beautiful views obtained therefrom. Two somewhat similarly placed lakelets, High and Boar Tree Tarns, lie west of the south end of Windermere. Of Valley Tarns in the Lake District portion of the county are Little Langdale Tarn and Elterwater in the course of the River Brathy, along which the county boundary runs. Blelham Tarn, south of Pullwike Bay, Windermere, and two pools, one near the head and the other near the foot of Esthwaite, of which they once formed a portion, being now separated from it by alluvium. In the lowlands, mention may be made of three tarns, Urswick Tarn near the village of that name, Horswater near Silverdale, and Martin Mere near Blackpool. In addition, there are some smaller sheets, scarcely more than pools. End of chapters 6 to 10